0: So, is She-Hawk a smash? We're going to talk about that and also about the wacky world of geek finance on today's episode of the Geek Watch Podcast.
1: This is the Geek Watch Podcast with Brian Hatcher and Andy Petrie.
0: Greetings, Geek Watchers, and welcome to episode 161 of the Geek Watch Podcast. I'm Brian Hatcher, and with me as always, Geek Watch's own resident geek goddess, Mandy Petrie. Hello, Brian. And so, I wanted to start out today with a little bit of, actually, it's a lot of news from Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers Discovery, as it's called now. Okay. And I actually had to make a list out of all ah. of this, because there's a ton of stuff that's coming out. Okay, you hold know. it
1: nice and close to the microphone so everyone can see it.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so... First things first. Two movies have been pushed forward. The Aquaman sequel has been pushed forward nine months. It was going to come out March the 17th of next year. It has been moved all the way to... December 25th of 2023. Merry Christmas. And uh, the Shazam sequel is being delayed three months. It is moving to December 21st. So they're shifting things around. Now, Mm -hmm. there has been some word that some of the movies uh, that were made for HBO Max Mm -hmm. are going to be revamped. Yeah, they're going to be revamped and theatrical. Unless, of course, you're Batgirl. And then Mm -hmm. I don't know if you got a chance to see this, but I did happen to see a little bit of an interview with the directors. And it made me uncomfortable with how quickly they shut the movie down. By the time the directors found out the movie wasn't going to be shown, that it was going to be shelved, it was like at that very moment they had lost access to the a server that had the, mm-hmm. all the movie files on it. They were immediately had been shut out. They had changed all the passwords, wow, changed all yeah. the locks before they uh-huh. even announced it. And so...
1: They salted the earth.
0: They did, in fact. And although there is a rumor that there are going to be some what they call funeral showings of Batgirl, (laughs) and they call them that because only staff, only a cast are going to get to see Mm -hmm. them.
1: Friends and family. I get it. That's hilarious.
0: And that's it. And then they're going to show it that one time so the people who worked on it get a chance to see it. And then they're just going to wipe the drive. (sighs) They're going to just delete the whole thing. It's (sighs) not going to sit on a drive anywhere, it's not going to be on a server they're just going to wipe it it's just going to disappear which is a shame
1: yes it's heartbreaking so that was like losing all the Johnny Carsons yeah
0: yeah and they've also if you remember the thing that they had set up is that any Warner Brothers movie after 45 days would wind up on HBO Max mm-hmm. and That's completely gone now. They're going to say this is going to be like evaluated on a case-by-case basis at this point.
1: And all of us Max subscribers are upset.
0: Here's the other thing, too, because we had talked about how if you had AT&T, you could get a free HBO Max subscription. They're getting rid of that. If you have the free HBO Max subscription through AT&T, that's going to continue. But if you're just getting a new plan, that's not going to be offered anymore. Wow. And in fact, TNT has sent me a bunch of emails saying, hey, we'll give you a cheaper plan that has <laughs> most of everything that you had before. Mm-hmm. Of course, HBO Max is not part of that plan. And they're basically trying to get people off of there so that they don't have to pay for these subscriptions.
1: Uh-huh.
0: So if you don't really care about HBO Max, or if you look at the price, and it's, I think, in some cases, it's like $20, $30 cheaper a month. Maybe paying for HBO Max yourself is going to be worth it. But yeah, at and is trying to get out of the HBO Max business as quickly as they can at this point. And besides that also, HBO Max has fired 14% of their workload of the workforce in America. And they're started firing people in Europe. And these people are basically acquisition people. And development people. Oh. And I did read an article that a lot of these people who are being fired are of a certain particular gender and skin tone.
1: Oh, they should have known. Yeah, apparently.
0: Should have known. Well, apparently they don't care. But the thing is, they're wiping out a bunch of stuff. They purchased the rights to a bunch of shows, cartoon shows from Cartoon Network that are completely being canceled. They deleted around 200... Classic episodes of Sesame Street took off their platform, which doesn't make an awful lot of sense because you've paid for them. There's literally no money you have to put into it. But apparently what they're telling us is that they're getting out of the kid business. They're getting out of a lot of business, apparently. So they oh, want to be a goodness. more adult channel. And also, Star Media Group just bought 75% share of the CW. Okay. So Warner Brothers Discovery sold off 75% to them and 12.5% to Paramount Global. So they got 12.5% share in the CW. They completely got out of that business. This has become a fire sale in a real sense. And the other part of it, too, there's a rumor that Warner Brothers have lost around like $3.5 billion in their last quarter. They're down that far. And they're only going to really be able to put out two movies a year. Mm. But at the same time, there's a lot of people saying that Warner Brothers, their thought right now is that because they're on shaky ground at this point, they can't do anything controversial. Mm. And by controversial, they mean we can't really do shows that don't reflect white people And more of the male perspective that other production companies, other movie studios can get away with that type of thing. They can take the lumps that come from doing that because they have money to spend, but Warner Brothers doesn't. And so they have to be less controversial. And I'm using air quote fingers when I say that. But less controversial and not take on subjects that offend some people. Which I got to tell you, it's a massive mistake. Honestly, Warner Brothers, I feel like some of the big mistakes that they've made over the years has been thinking that those people should be listened to and they shouldn't. Most people will tell you is look, like these sexist, racist, neck beardy dude bros, their opinions don't matter. Well, if their opinions don't matter, then their opinions don't matter. <laughs> And they don't. Yes, they'll complain about your movie on their website and cry to each other. And yeah, they will review bomb your stuff also on Rotten Tomatoes. But you can't cater to those people because there's no money there. You just have to ignore them. They're not going to change, and you can't make them happy unless you're willing to risk everything because that market is, like, way too small. I will end this with, I don't know if you watch a lot of HBO. There's a show called Last Week Tonight with John Oliver.
1: I know of it, but I don't really watch it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those late-night comedy news mm-hmm. programs. that have Like become, The Daily Show. Yeah, where The Daily Show yeah. made that popular, and this is HBO's version of that. Mm-hmm. And John Oliver was doing a piece on the monkeypox that's been going around. And one of the problems he was talking about was how monkeypox shouldn't be as bad as COVID because we've had a vaccine for monkeypox for years. But the problem is our stockpile of monkeypox vaccine where we keep it in Denmark and has expired when we could have very well maybe sent it to Africa who's been having problems with the monkeypox and maybe this wouldn't have been an issue in the first place. And here was his quote in this piece about monkeypox. We let the vaccine sit unused on a shelf in our reserves like an expired Chobani or a $90 million movie on HBO Max. (laughs) By the way, hi there, new business daddy. Seems like you're doing a really great job. I do get the vague sense that you're burning down my network for the insurance money, but I'm sure (laughs) that will all pass. Oh, that's great. In another segment, I think it was like a week or two later, he says, HBO Max, it's not TV. It's a series of tax write-offs to appease Wall Street.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. The writers of that show are not afraid to, I guess, bite the hand that feeds him.
0: Yeah, if you've not seen any of John Oliver's stuff, Mm -hmm. he's done some crazy stuff to basically prove points. Like Mm -hmm. he created his own religion. At one time, there was, I'm trying to remember what the gentleman's name was. He was a coal baron who Mm. sued somebody in West Virginia because of slap.
1: Slap laws. I remember that. Yeah. Yes. And sued John Oliver. Yes. 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 And because here was the only place he could sue them. Like, he's not from here. Neither of them were from here, but he could sue him here. Yeah.
0: And John Oliver's response was to create this musical number insulting him (laughs) in so ridiculously, obviously, that that they weren't being serious. That was the point. You can't sue somebody for parody. And they were saying all these horrible things about him in a huge, in Times Square, musical number that was completely brilliant. But yeah, that was definitely his word on it. But again, this is the weird kind of financial stuff that you deal with in geek culture. And I did want to bring this up. This is a little bit different, but this is something that developed this week that continues this theme about how geek culture and money is it's a complicated situation. And that's Sandman, because Sandman has been the number one streaming show yeah. for the last few weeks. Yep. And on Twitter, and I don't know who started this, but somebody's like, oh, we're definitely getting a season two. This is so popular. There's no way we don't get a season two. I've
1: heard that they're filming season two. That's what I've heard, you know. So,
0: Well, here's the thing, because Neil Gaiman pops up and goes, oh, no, wait a minute. Season two is not guaranteed. No. But don't do this to us. He said, Here's his explanation, and this is going to be paraphrased. But he said, look, this is an expensive show to make. And Netflix needs to have a reason to spend that money because you don't pay to watch the show, you pay for the service. Mm-hmm. And so if filming a season two isn't going to result in more people buying into the service, there's no reason to do it. Now, that's the problem with streaming. It's yeah. like you have to be bringing in new people. And so that's why a lot of really popular shows on Netflix get killed after one season because yep. you got yeah. the one season and if somebody will buy the service to watch the season one. They're not going to spend the money for season two. And that's why a lot of great shows on Netflix and shows that you both of us have enjoyed that have just been killed because, okay, we've been there and we've done Mm -hmm. that. And, of course, the other problem with it, too, is I've read the comics and I know what the next season is going to be about. And we need that money. We need more than that money (laughs) because it's really expensive because you're dealing with a lot of stuff. You're dealing with all the endless all of them, plus several pantheons of different gods, plus Lucifer, which is, ugh, like I said, spoilers there, but crazy-go-nut stuff. Mm-hmm. So Neil Gaiman said, look, unless the show does much, much better than it's doing right now, and how do you do better?
1: Right, than number one for a month, yeah.
0: Oh, no, a month wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, that's... I mean, mm-hmm.
0: We're talking multiple months. So, like, look, if, if we don't do much, much better than what we're doing now, there won't be a season two. Mm-hmm. And... That's heartbreaking, and it doesn't make any sense, does it? Because, hey, it's the number one streaming show over Mm -hmm. the last few weeks. (laughs) How does that happen? Let's go back to Sandman for a minute, because we do have to talk about something. (gasps) Yes! Because Neil Gaming got on Twitter and says, it's a shame that there was only 10 episodes of (laughs) the show. And it's, what is he saying? Uh And then you go, okay, let's go on to Netflix. What does he mean? It's a shame there's only 10 episodes. There's another one.
1: episodes. There's bonus. We get a
0: bonus episode. (laughs) And you've seen that bonus episode. So tell me all about it.
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. Because obviously I didn't watch it. Oh, sure, yeah. It was structured different than the other episodes. Um, Yes,
0: it was structured very much like the comic because there's been one-shot comics. Okay. And there are like have been like four of them over the course of the 75 issues of uh. The Sandman, and these were two of them.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, because it's an anthology episode. Yeah. yeah. It's completely different. We have this whole animated sequence. Oh, yeah. I haven't read the comics, but apparently this is like one of the big famous yeah. things, and before the show was even out, people were talking about it on Twitter and said, wouldn't it be dangerous to make... night of a thousand cats (laughs) oh yeah this was the
0: episode that people were saying they're not gonna do dream of a thousand cats oh yeah yeah we're gonna do dream of a thousand cats Mm -hmm. and you get again you get tenant both the tenants
1: yes georgia and david in there and sandra O plays the the mystic the The, prophetess i don't know what they call her the yeah yeah and yeah just captivating
0: yeah and the older cat that's the chauffeur course mm-hmm. going back to good omens we get <laughs> we get the angel since we have the devil playing the demon playing one you get the angel was that play- michael sheen yeah, it was michael I sheen i exactly. know
1: that awesome yep.
0: there, yeah. there was a lot of doctor who in
1: this episode
0: <laughs> yes there was there definitely was and uh, i loved the animation style because it had that rotoscope yeah. feel to it yeah which was really awesome
1: and like motion when i think of what a motion comic looks like yeah yeah it gave you that almost frozen very minimal movement which just goes against the animators if it's animated you need to be animated but yeah really i enjoyed calliope better but i did enjoy a thousand cats and it was a really cool story cool concept very thought-provoking oh yeah
0: i love the heck out of that i also really enjoyed calliope specifically because i didn't start reading sandman when it first came out Mm -hmm. i'd heard a lot about it but the first Sandman comic that I read was Calliope. Was it? Oh,
1: that's sweet.
0: And so getting to see that live action was amazing. Yeah. And there was a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about that story that it reminded me of. And it mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that was taken right out of the comic. The story was pretty much spot on. Mm-hmm. There were a couple things that they tweaked, specifically Calliope when, when you first see her and she's locked in the basement, mm-hmm. she's being kept naked in the basement. Mm-hmm. And Part of that was, especially back in the day, if you really wanted to show that a woman was being abused, you would do that. Yeah. Not really necessary. Maybe it wasn't that necessary back then. It mm-hmm. was that trope. Mm-hmm. You know, how you take everything, right? Yeah. You certainly don't need to do that now. People Mm -hmm. understand somebody locked in a basement is Is enough. That's (laughs) that's enough. So Uh you didn't have to go there. And again, that shows you Neil Gaiman as a writer and a producer uh, is he realized, of course, when I'm in my 20s, yeah, I'm going to fall into some of those tropes and don't need to do that now. He
1: understands how to evolve. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he did. But it also, as somebody who has written, it's weird because I know what it feels like when the muse stops talking to you, you can't write. I know exactly how that feels, and I know the panic that can bring on. But at the same time, Arthur Darvill plays, you know, your yes. main character,
1: and Jacoby, the Derek Jacoby, who Derek, Cho- yeah, yeah, the who, master who played
0: the master, and he played that character amazingly. I can sympathize with a lot of stuff going on there, but I just don't know how you don't just release her right off the bat. Uh
1: huh. She even says, "Ask me when I'm free." Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's all you needed to do, and you would have
0: got. Oh yeah, exactly. Bestsellers
1: for years, and
0: it yeah, was it's... yeah, it was it was crazy. But again, that was what makes this and a lot of Sandman powerful storytelling, and I love the fact that we just got a surprise episode. They didn't tell anybody, <laughs> and it was wonderful. And we got a little final taste of it, and of course that brought Sandman back into prominence, and people were like. Oh wait a minute. I'd heard about this thing and everybody was all excited about the surprise episode and that got people watching Sandman.
1: Hopefully that'll get people subscribing so that they will bring back more Sandman. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully
0: so we will keep our fingers crossed. Now nope. of course before we go, we also have to talk about b
1: Hulk. Now oh, you've seen one episode, not one, seen yes, two. Just one. Oh yeah. Love oh wow. It.
0: This has <laughs> but been great. Rose colored
1: geek glasses. I love everything I watch. So
0: Well, I don't have geek colored glasses, but I've enjoyed this show very much as well. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that in the first episode we didn't get the long dragged out moments and scenes for her to get her powers. You just mm-hmm. got that out of the way.
1: No big origin. Movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: not a huge one, just enough to get things done. It's weird the way this show is put out because the episodes are really short. I'm used to watching the hour-long episodes and so the 30-minute episodes can be jarring because you're <laughs> like, "Wait a minute, that that can't be it." Yeah. We can't be done. <laughs> but I love what they've been doing with the show. I love the fact that they're putting in a lot of really good stuff in it they do have something to say i've heard some people complain a little bit about how the first episode didn't have as many jokes in it as they were expecting which i find ironic because the biggest complaint i've heard people make about marvel tv shows and movies is that they put too many jokes in them <laughs> and i guess you know, I guess there's some people you can't make happy.
1: Right. Uh
0: But I feel like the humor was appropriate, but it didn't kill the serious points. Of course, episode two, I can't wait for you to see it because it's, again, you're getting more development into the character. And there's a lot of stuff developing right Mm -hmm. now. And the funny thing about it is, again, I've heard some people say that hey, why is it that Jennifer can Hulk out better than her cousin can?
1: She explains it in two sentences.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, if you read the comics, you understand that Bruce Banner has a bunch of baggage. Mm -hmm. And I think that baggage is going to come into play. But something else you're starting to see in this show is that Jennifer is going to have to deal with her dual problem in a different way. The difference between her and She-Hulk. She just considers herself one person, but the world doesn't. Yeah. And we're starting to see that develop more and more okay and so especially episode two you're feeling the divide and jennifer walters as a character in she-hulk she's always had that issue of she felt like she was two different people even though she wasn't and she started to lean more into the she-hulk side wanting to be she-hulk more than she wanted to be jennifer and I think in the trailer, you start to see some of that. They show some scenes where she leans more into being She-Hulk and feels more comfortable being She-Hulk and not herself. And how that develops and how she'll grow from that and figure all that out, I think is going to be a big part of the show, which I'm looking forward to. And one thing that I love is the fact that we get after-credit scenes. We talk (laughs) about that first one. about captain it's like uh-huh. they keep bringing up captain america and mm-hmm. it's like it, that scene at the end i was like had to be <laughs> the best end credit scene ever mm-hmm. it was like the best and apparently they're doing an end credit scene for every episode Excellent. there's going to be one for every one of them so it's going to have that's that funny. feel like if you remember peacemaker how they mm-hmm. always did the after credit <laughs> scene it seems like it's structured the same way it's mm-hmm. like it's going to be based off of an extra development of a scene that's happened in the show and uh, i've been loving the show so far and i love the fact that they're covering some issues that are maybe not the most comfortable to talk about Mm -hmm. but definitely need to be talked about and maybe going back to something that we were talking about earlier when we were talking about warner brothers i think one thing that uh, marvel has been able to do well is the fact that they are willing to introduce us to stories That may not be typical to what we're used to seeing on television, but they're different viewpoints and everybody is getting a chance to tell their stories. I think that's the strength of Marvel is that there's more than just one type of story and they're telling all kinds of stories. And I think that is a huge strength of Marvel and getting the stories that we're getting in She-Hulk so far, I'm all about it gonna be great i can't wait to watch the next one
1: we shall see
0: and so with that said we come to the end of episode 161 thank you for listening and tune in next time for the latest in geek news and views with the geek watch podcast from andy Petrie, this is brian hatcher reminding all the geek watchers out there we're all geeky about something be proud of yours see you next time thank you for listening to the geek watch podcast if you enjoyed this program Don't forget to like and subscribe on your preferred platform and share this podcast on your social media. For links to all the ways you can listen to the Geek Watch podcast, as well as leave comments and suggestions, visit our website at geekwatch.net. The Geek Watch podcast is a Hanging J production.